When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, mamas, you know that you need self-care, but what does that look like? Why do I need it? And does it really go beyond pedicures and bubble baths? Today, we answer that question with Dr. Morgan Cutlip. She and I sit down and have a mom-to-mom chat, and she's been on the podcast before. You probably know her. She has a PhD in psychology and really is just so personal. Like You don't even realize that she's a clinician because she's just so real. And I'm looking forward to having you sit in on our chat today. So here we go. Welcome, Dr. Morgan Cutlip, to the podcast. Thanks for being with us today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, great to be back. You've you've been yes. on the podcast before. Yes. We'll share about that episode and link it in the show notes. But today we're here to talk to the mamas. Yes. I love talking to the mamas. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you're a husband or a father listening, you are totally welcome to listen. I think you could benefit from this episode, Um, but be sure to share it with your lovely wife because she can really be the one to dig her heels in and direct some change with you in the household when it comes to the topics we're discussing today. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, actually recently on my Instagram account, I've been getting a lot of messages from, from husbands who are like, I follow you and it helps me understand my wife. So Ah, yes, stay around, stick around. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I would agree with that. I think, I mean, you obviously speak mainly to moms, um, and a lot of what you share, I think I can envision moms sharing that, you know, wives sharing that with their husband, Um, But how cool if it goes the other way around where the husband cares to say, hey, I want you to take this off your plate. Here's some insight I just received. Um, So definitely listen in, husbands. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about some of the complaints or comments you hear from moms who say something along the lines of, hey, I know I need self-care, but I'm not a frou-frou person. Um, (laughs) Why, first of all, why self-care? Like, why is that such an important thing that we hear in pop psychology? Yeah, I feel, I mean, I have some beef with self-care, so I'll I'll probably start by just saying that stuff. But I think that, you know, self-care is something that we actually do need. Like we, and and I think of it as, you know, it's our relationship with ourselves. Um, we don't really think about that, especially as women. We're like, oh, I have a relationship with my partner, relationship with my kids, relationship with my friends, but we don't mm-hmm. often consider ourselves. So self-care is actually really important. Yeah. How we think about our relationship with ourselves and we take care of it. Mm-hmm. But that, it's a couple things. It's just talked about so much. 
uh, in like, I don't know, on the internet and social media that yes. I think we've sort of numbed out. So it's like, oh, you need some self-care. And we're like, eh, whatever, you know, we're sort of yeah. tired of the term. And um, I think there's some limitations to how it, how it's talked about, which has also caused us to sort of be like, whatever, self-care, mm-hmm. schmelf care, you know? So um <laughs> Here's my beef with self-care. Number one, especially for moms, specifically for moms, because what I found, so when I started, um, you know, looking into things that are going to help moms feel better in motherhood, because I think that's our core desire is that we, we really want to be amazing moms. Um, we, we don't want to sacrifice our children for the sake of our own like care, but at the same time, you know, when we don't care for ourselves, we don't show up well for our children. And so it's this, it's this reciprocal relationship, but, um, specifically for moms, the problem with self-care strategies is that, um, it's usually just a list of stuff to do. (laughs) And that's what I found when I was researching, like, how do I help moms feel better in motherhood? It was like, take a walk, meditate, pray, take a bath. All these things are great. Like do things. If those things, you know, if you have time, do those things. But for the most part, we don't need more lists of things to do with the time that we don't have. And when we can't get to what's on our list, it's one more thing that we have to feel bad about where we're like, you know, like, oh, I didn't get to this. Now I feel bad that I didn't even take care of myself. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think it's helpful. The second reason why it bugs me is that there's this assumption I think that's made when it comes to self-care, which is that moms are comfortable asking for the time, space, and resources to do the stuff on the list. And what my experience is with my community and just talking with with lots of moms in different settings is that they have a lot of um, guilt around asking for time and space. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes don't actually even know what they need to feel better. And so it's like, they might do the thing on the list and they're like, I, that wasn't it, but they can't access what it is that's going to help them feel better. So there's and this And then assumption. they just wasted time equity on that ask, even though and it didn't make feel, them feel better. More, and then it like layers it on because they're like, yes. I just did the thing. I don't feel better. What's the matter with me? Or I wasted my time. And so I think that there's just like these assumptions where we need to get to stuff that's deeper than self-care, where it's like, we got to battle the guilt you have around asking for time and space. Um, we've got to maybe help you get back in touch with what you need. Yeah. Um, and, and so I sort of feel like moms are like left without all the resources they need when people mm-hmm. are give these lists. And then the last thing is that self-care is almost always about our physical bodies. And I believe, so in my book, there is a chapter on, on touch, I call it touch, but how we touch ourselves in meaningful ways because we have to like care for our bodies and how we, um, how we listen to our body. So I think the physical is important, but it's just not the only part of us. We have an emotional self, a cognitive self. We have a you know, a self that's like our perseverance and priorities and willpower. And so, um, it's just missing really important areas of self that will like allow us to make very quick adjustments in the moment mm. um, versus having to go for an hour stroll outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like most self care is it. really focused on physical. Mm. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. there are certain things like you mentioned praying or journaling, yes. meditating, those kinds of things are less physical and more spiritual yes. or mental. But um, what what is it do you think that people need when they they know they need self-care, but it's they're, they're sticking with the surface level physical things like taking a walk or getting a pedicure. 
Yeah. So that's really where my, um, like the premise of my book is comes in or like the foundation of it, which is that, um, we, we as moms are really good managers of all of our relationships. We are so good at telling our kids and teaching our kids how to do things for themselves and help them get in touch with their emotions and help them assess and assert what they need and help them prioritize and all this stuff. But we don't turn these same skill sets toward ourselves. And so I think that meaningful, deep self-care is getting in touch with our relationship with ourselves, checking in with it regularly multiple times a day and doing like a scan. What is, okay, what's mm-hmm. going on? And and I give five, I give like a framework for this. Okay. What are these different areas I need to check in on? Where am I sort of having some deficits? Mm-hmm. And what can I do given my current circumstances to make a minor adjustment? I believe that in our relationships, we just need to make these minor adjustments over and over again. And so we have to do this with ourselves. And so um, my, my like, they're like important pieces when I wrote the book. And one is that moms have to be able to do this in the busy framework of our lives. Yeah. And so we can't just getting- take three hours a day to go do some fancy plan. Like it has to be those <laughs> micro moments, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that's what I think real self-care is. The the expansion of it is that we check in with our relationship with ourselves. We do an assessment and either we um, decide, okay, this is what I need and I can make this adjustment right now, or we're just defining what we need. Oh, this is what I need. I don't have time for this right now. But when we provide definition to a difficult or just invisible experience that alone lets some of the air out. It, it diffuses it that a little such bit. Such a good concept. I I <laughs> haven't thought of it that way. That sometimes the pressure is diffused. You said if you just identify the need, even if yes. you can't meet the need yet. Like yeah. say you need a getaway, or you need like some some deep friendship time, but like maybe that's not going to happen for another few weeks or another couple months or something, but you're identifying it correctly. Yes. Yes. I think that identifying stuff is one of the most powerful things we can do in the moment. Um, And like, that's something that I repeatedly try to do for moms in this book. So like the first chapter, I outline three reasons why I think motherhood feels hard Mm -hmm. for us. And I feel like, you know, part of my reason for doing that, I'm not trying to be like, this is why it's so hard and get in this sort of like beating that drum, because I don't think it's great to stay in that mindset. Sure. Sometimes we need to like, why does it feel so hard? What's going on behind the scenes? And when it's from t- taken from behind the scenes to putting on the table in front of us, we can look at it and we can be like, oh, I can revise this. I can change it. I can accept it. I can, you know, we, ha- we are empowered to do something with the information. And so yeah. this definition can be really helpful. Oh, my goodness. That's really good. So there's a, there's a good strategy. So identifying the need, what are like practical examples of the needs that people have, like when they do that assessment and they, maybe they can't meet the need yet, but they've identified here is my need. This is, this is what it is. It's not a pedicure bubble bath necessarily. Maybe it is for some people, but you know, maybe they've identified here's my list of five or six things. What are some of those common things that people really need and they don't realize that they need it? Yeah. So, um, 
There's so many things to say about this one. So in, I do have a chapter specifically about needs and I give okay. a framework to help people try to outline what it is they need and identify those. Oh, good. So okay. in, in some ways, like it can fall into that framework. So like some of that might be logistical stuff. Like I need my partner to like do more things around the house. Like that might be a need that okay. we have, or it might be, I need um, more time where I'm like connecting with other people. Motherhood can be really lonely, mm -hmm. especially those early kind of early years in motherhood when we're sort of like nap trapped and we're just um, <laughs> nap trapped. Yes. <laughs> That's not mine. I took it from somebody else. So they said it. I was That's like, a, That's so good true. Phrase. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're, we're like, yeah, we're like up at night and it feels like we're the only ones. So sometimes it's something like that. And so um, I help moms identify that. But I think that beyond, so I'm calling it needs, but beyond, um, so it's like the easiest way to say it. Something that we might need is, uh, and it's a really powerful one, is to shift our focus. Okay. So um, the way that we develop our self-concept as people, but then specifically in motherhood has a really big impact on how we experience motherhood. Mm -hmm. So in the moments that we're, let's say, you know, we've, we've lost our cool or something on our kids. And all of a sudden the way that we see ourselves becomes just flooded with all the ways we're falling short. I describe it in the book as um, we sketch sort of like a mental picture of ourselves and, um, we do this actually for everybody we're in relationship with. I'm sure you see this come out in your work with couples. It's mm -hmm. like we sketch a picture of our partner and yeah. that's what we're interacting with. And we like shadow to boxing. Totally. We're like yeah. jumping to conclusions and filling yeah. in the gaps. And, but we do this with ourselves. Yeah. Um, this is our self-concept. We sketch mm -hmm. this picture of ourselves. And I think for moms, um, when we find that we're sort of like beating up on ourselves, yeah. one of the most important things we can do is check in with what am I focusing on with my picture? Am mm. I focusing on um, this mom who's like grumpy and angry all the time and short tempered and gosh, she's like nothing like the mom I thought I was going to be. Mm. And in the moment, and I, and I give like very specific tangible steps on how to do this and how to identify, but in the moment we can quickly catch ourselves and shift our focus to the ways that we're showing up. Um, you know, Maybe I lost it on my kids, but can I focus on how I repaired? Can go. I focus on like how we taught, um, how I taught my child that like I'm human and I have real emotions, but, but it's not okay to handle situations like this. And this is how we move through it. And so shifting our focus is a need that a lot of us moms have that we don't even know really exists, wow. um, but it can be a powerful intervention in the moment. And, um, managing a negative self-concept drains our energy and, um, we don't have like tons to so we have yeah. to be careful yep. of these energy drainers in motherhood. Oh, yes. I know the moms listening right now, everything's resonating. They're like, she gets <laughs> me. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and, so, go, yeah ahead. go ahead. I was going to say in the book, I like, I remember when I was putting it, my um, proposal together, I was talking with, I like adore my agent so much. And she's like, what do you like want it to feel like when somebody reads your book? And I was like, I want it to feel like they're having coffee with a friend who has credentials. And like every point I make in the book, especially the core five chapters where I walk moms through the five steps for their check-ins, um, I apply the concept to their relationship with their kids first. Okay. And it's almost... I think it's always told through a story in my own life with my kids. And then- Because you have two um, kids. They're, they're how old? 
uh 10 and 7 okay. but a lot of the stories are from when they're younger because yep. I got I got deep feelers and highly mm. sensitive kids and yes. so and I am highly sensitive and don't think I re- recognize some of that stuff till later yeah. um and so and then I apply the concepts to you know how do you apply it to or, to yourself and I think that um a lot of moms so the early feedback I'm getting is like oh my gosh you get it. <laughs> like Aww. I felt so seen. So I'm at I'm a hoping... coffee date with Dr. Morgan Cutler. <laughs> We're just chatting about yep. life. Yeah, so I'm go. hoping that that um, moms will really feel validated uh, as they read the book. Well, and that's what people feel when they connect with you on social media, even like you just Aww. get it um, and you make it relatable, even though you have credentials. So that's, I love that <laughs> coffee shop picture that you just painted. Um, so we've been referring to this book and let's yeah. talk about the book. And then I have some more questions about, um, you know, some of the things in it, but the book itself, give the title and the subtitle. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's uh, <laughs> love your kids without losing yourself. Five steps to banish guilt and beat burnout when you already have too much to do. <sighs> yes. So <laughs> the implication here, ladies, is that these are very doable steps. You already have too much to do. So Dr. Morgan Cullough not going to give you this master plan that is, that's going to take, you know, zap your whole day or your, your month in order to get it in line. Like you, these are very doable steps. <laughs> that's exactly it. And I, and I think, you know, I give a model of relationships in the book. That's what the five steps are built around. And so it provides like a memorable framework for how we view and interact in our relationships. And so, you know, if you put a, like a little thought to it, it's like, it's going to like, you'll be like, oh, I see this in how I really interact with my partner. And I see mm-hmm. it, you know, obviously it's applied to how we interact with our kids. And so um, I think that there's a lot that moms will walk away with that's memorable to them and easily accessed in the moment. So nice. Okay. And of course we're going to put the link to the book in the show notes. And if you order now folks, you actually do get a bunch of, um, it's a bundle, right? A pre-order bundle of some freebies and downloads and things you could put into action today. Um, but the book will actually ship out on September 19th. Is that right? That's it. That's perfectly it. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Great. Okay. So let's get back to the concepts here. You were on the podcast a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. you talked about the sex standoff. It was (laughs) such a good episode. And I'm curious um, how one's sexual self plays a role in, um, this whole concept you're writing about. Like, you know, we talk about our spiritual self, our physical self, our emotional self. What about our sexual self? And, you know, you, you know, the, the concept of like identifying our own needs. A lot of women don't realize they have sexual needs. Yes. How does, how does that come into play here? I do talk about that. That's so great that you asked that. Um, so in the, so in the five steps, the last one is about um, is about touch. And so I cover a lot, like I cover stress in that chapter and I mm-hmm. cover um, anything that's like sort of venturing toward typical self-care is under that chapter. But I talk about um, body image and um, our sexual self because we are all sexual beings, right? right? There's there's continuums of like how how much of a sexual being we might feel like right. sometimes and, and our desires and how we, um, how our, you know, our desire works and, and we're all kind of wired a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but in the context of my book, I talk about our sexual self as an 
as an indiv- from an individual perspective because it's not a relationship book. It's a relationship with self book, but not yes. a romantic relationship book. And what I really wanted moms to take from that section um, is, and I think it's really important for moms because our bodies change so much Yes, after having children and um, body image issues is such a major factor when it comes to being in the mood and our desire and our ability to be comfortable and our sexual self yeah. um, and all of those things. And so I'll talk about it from that perspective and talk about um, how we all have a, like a sexual power that we lose touch with sometimes that we need to reclaim mm-hmm. and um, not necessarily like, oh, step into your sexual power so you can have more sex with your partner. <laughs> It's like, that might be the aftermath. I don't know. Okay. But just because you are a sexual person who deserves to have space to explore your sexuality, to be in touch with that, to um, become more comfortable and uh, loving towards your body. And so um, I do unpack some of that stuff in that nice. chapter. What does that look like? Is it like affirmations about myself and my body? Um, is it like desire oriented, looking at some of my brakes and accelerators. Talk a little bit about the practical side of that. Yeah. It doesn't get that specific into desire, but it's more stepping into some ownership over your own sexuality. I think sometimes we just like toss it out the window after kids. We're like, whatever. And then we think about um, our sex life as something like, oh, I do it for my partner. It's Mm -hmm. like a chore. It's like checking a box Mm -hmm. Um, or we just decide we're not going to anymore. And so it's not with the intent of increasing your sex life in your marriage, but instead recognizing that you're a sexual being. How do I explore that? It's questions to kind of explore and get deeper into that. How do I reclaim my sexual self? What does taking ownership of my sexuality look like? Mm -hmm. How can I start to appreciate and love and get comfortable in my body anymore? And so it's more reflection questions. Um, It's not the whole chapter because there's a lot more stuff in that chapter, Um, but really helping moms um, tune back into that. Nice. I like it. I like how the book touches on so many aspects of motherhood and self um, and not just like one big, you know, conversation <laughs> of, of one one topic, but you cover a lot. Another it topic that a lot. Yeah. it does. Yeah. Another topic that you cover is friendship. Um, can you talk a little bit about a woman's need, a mother's need specifically for adult time with peers, even, <laughs> I mean, obviously we need time with our husband, but we need time with friends too. It's How much time? True. So I actually don't talk too deeply about this in my book, um, but I, so it would be put under needs, under our need for connection and closeness yeah. and community. But um, I do offer, so Mom friends is a massive topic, which I think we could probably be an entire book, yeah. which I recognize. And so as a pre-order incentive, I brought in a friendship expert and nice. we did an entire interview about mom friends, maintaining them. Like when one's um, not a mom and you become a mom, how do you maintain that relationship? How do you nice. make new mom friends? after you have kids, because I think our desire and our need for connection, um, shifts like in new ways after we have kids. I remember like, I don't need many friends, honestly, I'm very introverted. And, um, after kids, I was like, if I do not have someone to talk about, you know, like diaper changes and spit up and like complain about like how how my husband needs to step up a little bit more right now in this phase of my life, I'm going to lose my mind. And so, Mm. you know, I, I think that, um, 
we we sort of like really need a, a community or at least someone who is living sort of this parallel experience that we can kind of move through this time of life with mm-hmm. becomes very, very important because motherhood rates of loneliness and motherhood are incredibly high. Yeah, seriously. And it kind of goes back to that time equity. Like do, yeah. do, when do I have time and can I spend that equity on an ask for this particular event to go be with these friends? Yeah. And we just feel guilty about it. You know, yeah. that's, I think that's what it comes down to. But there's so many wonderful ways to stack stuff like that in motherhood. I mean, I I fully believe like let's ditch the guilt, let's let's work through that, um, let's get over that. But also, you know, there's so many mommy and me groups. Yeah. There's mops, which I've had the pleasure of like speaking at a bazillion, yes. and it's like such a good resource for moms. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I in my early phase of motherhood, um. It's funny because they both moved away and one's in town right now. So it's been really nice. But I had two friends where one every single week we had a park date. It was like at this time, this day we would meet up. And it's like you get community, you get conversation, and you also, your kids get to play. So Yeah, totally. I love the idea of stacking. We've we've also done this. um, We stack bedtime. So the kids go to bed at eight when they're little. I know right now it's starting to get a little tiny bit later, but now with school, it's you know, staying in that eight to eight thirty range. But, um, if the kids go to bed at eight, we can have some girls over for some Catan and board game, you know, like, (laughs) and it doesn't have to be till midnight. It could be like two hours, you know, eight to 10. And I'm in bed by 10, 15, 10, 30 and get up at six, six 30. And you still get your full eight hours of sleep, but you got a couple hours of friend time. And sometimes we get together with the intention to play a board game and we just end up talking for a couple hours and we don't even play. But it's, it's life-giving. It is yeah. so life-giving. So you can stack. You don't have to like feel like, you know, you need a, whole, a half day or a whole day every single mm-hmm. week with friends. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's okay. fun. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I love this. You have given so many, um, like I said, just different topics that we, that you've touched on, but you dive so deeply into each of these topics in your book. So folks, I want you to go get her book. Um, we're going to link it in the show notes here, as well as the episode that she was on a couple (laughs) years ago on the podcast. So listen to that episode, go get the book, uh, pre-order and get all the freebies. Talk to us about the other downloads and freebies that you have if they pre-order. Yeah. So immediately you get access to the intro and first two chapters on audio. This is very important to me because um, I kind of like pushed on my publisher. They love me, I'm sure, but uh, they wanted to give a PDF and I was like, moms won't read a PDF. We need to listen to it. So I recorded (laughs) it separately from the actual audio of the book um, so that moms can listen immediately, can dive in. So if you were to pre-order, probably by the time you get through the chapters, like your book will be there really soon. Sweet. and, and I also inter like did exclusive interviews cause I wanted to go deeper in some topics. So I did the mom friends one, which I think is really, it's such a great interview. I loved who I spoke with. Um, and then I did another one on tired all the time in motherhood with an OT. And we talked about, um, sleep, but not sleep in the way you typically hear about sleep. And so okay. we dove deep into some of that stuff. Um, the cost of perfect parenting with a parenting expert and, um, some health hacks for busy moms. Moms have, uh, women in general have the highest rates of autoimmune disease. Um, we, it's part of what I talk about in the chapter on touch, which is that we often, you know, our bodies really speak to us, but we don't listen and we like 
normalize our pains um, that aren't normal. And so mm. um, talked with her. So they get all those exclusive interviews. There's no nice. other place to listen to them. And then there's a like a companion guide um, with um, there's mantras, but then there's also verses that accompany each concept. Nice. And so if you're a person of faith, I'm Christian. So um, that was important to me to include discussion yeah. questions dinner ideas it's like jam-packed with a bunch of stuff Sweet. uh so yeah there's there's more there's lots of stuff on there that that people get that i feel like is um a lot but it's also like manageable stuff to consume i don't cool. want to give moms more to do that they you know yeah it's quick like, stuff I, that they can just <laughs> download screenshot take a look yeah. at it when they're in line somewhere yes it's like quick stuff and then listening when they're like getting things done around the house or going on their dog or whatever. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Sweet. So we'll put that in, we'll put that in the show notes. Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast again and sharing your wealth of knowledge, but also just your warmth and realness. I think that's what people <laughs> love about you. You're so relatable. So Aww, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. It's such a nice for compliment sure. too. Thank you. Aww. All right. We're going to close this episode out, how we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking this question, <gasps> rewind back to the first couple years of marriage. Mm -hmm. You've been married for how long now? 15 years 15 this years. month. Yay. Happy yeah. anniversary. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So rewind back to those first couple years. Mm. And what advice do you wish you would have received? And fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Mm. When I say dear young married woman. <laughs> there you go. Sure. Dear young married mama. Dear young married woman. Yeah, I, uh, dear young married couple I and specifically speaking to the woman something that I wish I would have been told to do that I didn't do was um make space for my partner to participate more in things around the house mm. I grew up with traditional parents and so I just jumped into re repeating that and um which I love and so I would like you know do the meal planning and go grocery shopping and cook the dinner. And then he'd be like, let me do the dishes. And I'd be like, no, babe, I got this. And mm. so I would take care of everything. And um, it was fine for a while till we had kids. And I was like, this is crazy. Why do I do all of this? But I had um, <laughs> I fired him like from multiple things. And so Oof. I'd say the earlier you set up these patterns that um, – like in your relationship of sharing this stuff and talking about this stuff and uh, the, the better it will serve you when you become parents. So. so good. We could do a whole episode on that. Oh yes, we could. <laughs> and, and you actually do a ton on sharing the mental load. Yes. That's um, my second book is oh, on the mental load. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Talk about it another time. <laughs> Excellent. Wait, a book that's already out or? No, it's being, okay. it's being written. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. We'll have you back on to talk about the mental load. <laughs> In the meantime, you guys can go check out Dr. Morgan on Instagram. She has lots of resources on the mental load. And um, I'll link that in the show notes too. Thank her you. Instagram. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Morgan. You rock. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 
or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.